0: Love is a combination of, of two emotions. Love is really um, acceptance or trust, right? Or maybe even um, adoration, which is like super trust. Like, I don't I trust you. I'm, you know, I adore you. When that mixes with peace or joy, when that mixes together, that's the love. That's how we can love our enemies even, right? Like we don't have to adore them, but we can certainly accept the fact that it's, it's tough to be a person right now and we, and we all screw up. When someone screws up, then we don't have to judge or condemn them, right? We can acknowledge that it was a screw up because we've probably done the same thing ourselves or something like it. You can build the heart of a lion with a strong mind and spirit because a lion's natural state is one of safety through courage, strength, and power. Hi, I'm the shepherd and pastor, Dr. Matt Hook. And I'm the shrink, Dr. Marty Fletcher this is the show where theology meets psychology or mental health meets spirituality welcome to the shepherd and the shrink podcast before we start the show i have something to share with you if you or someone close to you is suffering from a sense of anxiety or loneliness the truth is anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness affecting 40 million adults in the united states every year alone And according to a recent study, more than 60% of Americans report feeling lonely, left out, poorly understood, and lacking companionship. This matters a lot because loneliness is stressful enough to raise all-cause mortality by up to 30%. So I've written a free guide with 10 ways you can start to overcome anxiety and defeat your loneliness. Don't wait on positive emotions. Learn how to create them for yourself starting right now. You can grab the guide by heading over to drmartinfletcher.com. That's Dr. spelled D-R-martin-fletcher.com. dr martinfletcher.com doctor Marty Fletcher here. I am the shrink of The Shepherd in the Shrink. Matt is on vacation. I want to talk to you today, tell you a little bit about myself and uh, why I am so excited about this project and why I think that it could be very valuable to you. First of all, that I came to learn that Christianity is actually a good psychology. It goes further than psychology, and this is what I discovered. But I'll, I'll let you know how I did it because I think this is a good story to tell. I've only been doing this since 2014. I have uh, four degrees. And, and the more secular instruction I got, the more skeptical I got, let's say, maybe even cynical about Christianity. Other people like me who have looked away from Christianity, everyone has a worldview. The contemporary worldview in America, at least, not everywhere, is going further and further away from Christianity. Okay. And you may not know that I did not know that. What I found was that the more I went for the things that the culture said were important. So, and by those things, I mean, hedonism, for instance, or materialism, you know, even when I was successful at getting, you know, more money, things like that, I I became more and more miserable, disillusioned. And I wasn't a psychologist. I should say that too. I wasn't trying to treat people for problems and having this many myself. Uh, This was prior to that. I was doing software and chasing lots of money and things like that. I just got to the point where I just didn't want to do it anymore. Life had lost its meaning for me. And I was looking to other things. My relationships weren't that good. I was uh, kind of bitter and resentful. I didn't know it at the time, but th- this was how I was. This was my operating system. That's how I was operating without even knowing it. Okay. So at one point I just said, I can't do it anymore. So I got interested in, in Christianity because I knew there was something outside the world that I needed. I looked into Christianity, the original faith. Before that, I'd done things like Buddhism and things like that. And Christianity is very unique. There's some similarities, but it's it's really different than the other uh, in, in the other religions. Started getting a little interested, hanging around it, trying to understand it. And at one point, um, probably my lowest point, I just uh, kind of organically, I didn't belong to a church or anything like that. I just organically just cried out to God because I would tried everything I could think of. I was at the end of Mar- Marty Fletcher. I couldn't. I knew I screwed it up and I actually gave up. And I said, no more me. And I cried out to God and like nothing happened. <laughs> nothing happened until two days later. And I've actually heard this story before. And every time I see it, I say, wow, maybe this is one way he, he operates. God operates on us. but um, And then two nights later, I'm in my loft and I'm reading some scripture and uh, something changed. I get this sense of just release, relief, supernatural love is how I would, I've tried to think of how to explain this, but it was a sense of just supernatural love, belonging, acceptance, and also a a real sincere apology to God that I just didn't know what I was doing. I know if I'd known better, I would have done better. I didn't. But there was this feeling of acceptance that I got from this that you know, you don't, you, you couldn't do it, right, without my help. And then that's repentance for me happened organically where I just kind of went to my knees and apologized. And um, it wasn't shame involved, really. It was just a, a reconciliation with God. Okay, that's the best way I can explain this. Other people had the same experience. Some people come by a different way. This was the way I had to come by it. So after that, I just had a hunger for learning and the scriptures were different for me then. At that point, I could actually understand things. Before, I didn't understand because it was just words to me. I was wringing meaning out of this stuff. So, what I want to talk to you about today is I want to talk about five ideas that changed my worldview because really what we're into right now is we're into a battle of worldviews. How do we find meaning in life? The reason suicide rate is going up right now and the reason that anxiety and depression are going up is because we're losing our sense of purpose and meaning in life. We're not satisfied by the material world anymore. When I say we, I'm talking about people you know. I treat anxiety disorders and depression right now. Anxiety is a disease of affluence. By that, I mean the more material success we get in this culture, the more we see anxiety and depression. Successful suicides are white middle-class men. Right, not all, but that's the highest, that's the biggest group. The European descended people chasing this worldview. One of the relief that you get if you really come to the faith is that you have a whole different piece about you because you can be in the world in a different way. So, I want to talk about five ideas that changed me. Oh, if you want to know what God thinks, if you're waiting for God to uh, talk to you, um, he does. There's 66 books in the canon, you can start there, he'll tell you everything you need to know and more. So that's where a lot of this came, but you will feel something different. I promise you that. So first thing is this, I need to understand sin and forgiveness and judging and repentance, all these things. They were just words to me. I I misunderstood them. And, you know, I'm deepening my understanding now. I thought that the whole point of Christianity was you're going to have to give up a bunch of fun stuff. um, And then as your reward, if you give up all this fun stuff that you're doing, that's not good for you, but it's very fun. You get to go to this place called heaven. Well, when I read the gospels... And the books in the canon, I read it with fresh eyes. I had no theology. I was so new to it, and I wasn't going to a church. I didn't even know where I would go. So I was reading it fresh. So the advantage of that was I didn't have any bad learning. Well, I didn't know much. That's a disadvantage at that point. But uh, the good thing was that I didn't have a lot of learning to to uh, undo in that. So I thought that it was all about that. Well, what it's really about is you get to be transformed in a way that you're going to feel grateful, like who you are just maybe not think about yourself as much. Probably that's what it is. Think about other people and um, lose your hatred. And 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 so the idea isn't that God's going to smack you down if you do this fun stuff, because that's called sin. What I learned is that sin is basically doesn't mean you're a bad person it means that you're going to miss the mark. See the, the word in, in Greek is uh, hamartia, which is also used in um, archery. So what it means is as human beings, we're aiming at things and we're not, like God, we're not that smart. So we aim at the wrong things or we are off in our aim. And then when we miss, which is sin, then we get to be reconciled with God. As long as we're sorry and want to follow God, that's the understanding of sin now. Much of the pain comes from judgment, our judging other people and hatred towards other people. And then repentance is just a turning away from that. So in other words, instead of living in the kingdoms of the world, Where there's materialism and hedonism and status and non-spiritual things, worldly things, and worshiping those things, you turn to spiritual things. That's the first thing. Second, the point is to be transformed. The purpose isn't to score points to get to heaven. It's to become something new, to be a spiritual being, and it's an ongoing process. Born again took on that meaning. Born again means transformation, and it does happen like that. Your psychology is really different. Your worldview is different. Your feelings are different. I became a real different person. Now the first thing I did was say, "Don't talk about this because you don't know what you're talking about." So I was kind of quiet about it and looked for some teachers about that. But I knew I was different. My family didn't really trust it that much at first. My wife's like, "Okay, you, you'll be out of this pretty soon, probably." You know, you get into these projects or whatever like that. And then for a while there, there was a little bit of distrust. Like what's, where did my husband go? In the end, the way, which is what Christianity is, it's a way of being. It's a way of uh, living. It's a way of thinking. It's a way of relating to people. Uh, The way bears fruit immediately. We don't have to wait for the reward later. So uh, the the point is to be Christ-like, to become Christ-like in order to be Christ-like. You have to study him. So that transformation is what I'm going for. I don't really think about you know uh, the end times and eschatology and things like that. Those things will take care of themselves. But you should feel the immediate reward and relief of seeking God. That's the attitude that I had. And then that leads me to the next thing, walking in the Spirit. They talk, that's talked about a lot in the Scriptures. What is it to walk in the Spirit? Walking in the Spirit is... Always knowing that you are in the presence of God and that your purpose is to seek God and to please God, and what you do there is you obey, and there is joy in obeying. There's a line in Scripture; and these lines start to pop out once you've done these things and you've experienced them. You're like, "Oh yeah, that's it." There's a line in Scripture that says, "This is the love of God, or to love God is one translation. This is to love God is to obey His commands, and His commands are not burdensome." That's in First John, and you'll find that. I say that because our culture has colored our view of Christianity, and we tend to project things from our culture onto that. And it's not about that reward. And it's not like God is this being that punishes you like a severe authoritarian parent. It's just the relationship isn't like that. Live in the kingdom of God. Christ came to to say, look, the kingdom is here at hand. You don't have to wait. It's right here. You can live by God's values. I'm telling you that the values that I'm seeing here, especially right now in America, with the judgment, the hatred, the division... Those aren't kingdom values, but you can have those through uh, forgiveness and repentance and things like that. Now, by the way, psychology addresses a lot of these problems with different language and with different objectives. Psychology is important. Therapy is very important. It helps with uh, symptom relief for a radical transformation that protects you and makes you resilient uh, in in a world full of trouble. We have to go to the higher things, which is spirituality. Okay. So that's understanding the kingdom of God and understand that that is the major point is to live with the kingdom values. One um, line that came out to me, I remember, and during that period, that gave me a lot of confidence and relief was from the book of Matthew in the gospels. And it, it said, come to me. And this is Christ speaking. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That, and that's what I was looking for. I was looking for peace, which I had none. It goes on to say, take my yoke upon you, and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I was like, wow, that is, gave me a lot of confidence that maybe I could do this. Because to be yoked to Christ, I mean, that's what you do with bees. You have, you know, bees yoked to each other, so they're going in the same direction, right? I was not doing that. And to think that that would give me peace, and it has just as promised. You have to look for it. You got to really want it. You got to really want the relationship with God. What I ask people when they say, because in therapy, I've seen lots of, you know, professing Christians and they tell me, you know, well, he's, he's not helping me. He's not looking for me or whatever. And I, when I ask them, how hard are you looking for him? Which means chasing after the kingdom values. And they usually say not very much. So we do have some power. That's not to um, get down on anyone's to say, we have some, some power in this. And then and finally, I want to talk about the fruits of the spirit and the fruits of the flesh the world gives temporary seconds of pleasure sometimes is all. And those are the things that are from the flesh. Now, I had believed before that, oh, the flesh means uh, no more fun, no more fun for me. I'll do it when I'm older, when I don't want these sort of things. Discipline will bring you peace. When we have control over things, I want you to think about this today. When we have control over things, like we can walk away from things. Like if you want to have that piece of cheesecake you can have that but you're not craving it because you're already at peace when you're at peace you do have control over the temptations i guess we call them we got to be careful this language because so much baggage with this language um i believe that um the way which is following the, the kingdom values and living in the kingdom of God. I believe it's good at the beginning, in the middle, and it's going to be great at the end. So the, the works of the flesh are in Galatians. And listen to this and imagine do you see these? You know, reflect on this. Is this what you're seeing? Immorality, plenty of that, right? Impurity, sensuality, that's all over. That's big in the news right now. I don't want to go into that, but about how that's being sold is that the promise of peace and satisfaction is going to come from sensuality. Idolatry is just. What are you worshiping? What are you praising right now? Because everybody's worshiping something. Everybody's praising something. You'll know because it'll be that thing that you think about all the time and that you have faith in it delivering you and giving you that satisfaction. It might be, I need that promotion. Then I can be at peace. You know, then I can be satisfied. It might be, you know, more money. It might be, um, I got to get out of this marriage. Something like that, right? That's idolatry. What are you worshiping? There are other things, sorcery, uh, fits of anger. That was a big one for me. I get angry at stuff now still, divisions, envy, drunkenness. I say that to say this. Now, when we look at the fruits of the spirit, this is the payoff that you can have today. You can start to get these things today. The fruits of the spirit, love, that's really what people are chasing, aren't aren't they? They they think that if someone loves them, they're going to feel better or something like that. Really, what they want to do is learn to love and then they'll feel it. But they want love, joy, peace. That's a big one. When I see patients, oftentimes they don't know what they want. They just know they're suffering. So I will say, um, you know, what is it that you want? They say I don't know, and then I'll go. Well, what do you want to feel then? Because you're really here because you're suffering, and that's feeling. When we get down to it, it gets down to they want peace, and by peace they I mean this: Can I just get the worrying to stop? Can I get stop uh, all that the self-conscious, the shame, the you know, just so I can just relax, so I can get that feeling that I'm okay, and that tomorrow's going to be okay too. I'm going to be fine. They want peace. That's a fruit of the Holy Spirit: patience, kindness, goodness. Uh, faithfulness, um, gentleness, um, and self-control. Now I'll go through those again to say, here's how you'll test the spirit. Okay. I'll listen to a teacher. If I see these things, if I have somebody saying the right words, but they're not showing me patience, they're irritable, or um, they don't have self-control and kindness, then I just assume that they're not going to be a good teacher for me. I'm going to look for someone who has the Holy Spirit. These are fruits of the Holy Spirit. That's the list I have right now. What I'm hoping to do in this podcast is uh, get you on board talking to us and being a part of this so you can actually walk that path. So you can live in the kingdom of God instead of the kingdoms of the world. And what you'll find is this. you're um, Well, I don't know what it'll be like for you, but I'll tell you what it was like for me. All of my addictions were gone. Okay, my self consciousness was gone because I had lots of anxiety back then, compared myself to others. The hardest part was forgiving. And if you really look at Christ, he wasn't really, he didn't come to warn you about hell. Not so much. I mean, people will maybe argue theology with me. I'm not going to get involved with it. I'm a psychologist. I'm looking at it like this how does it cause suffering? What do I understand his purpose was? So he came down to talk about a couple of things that were really important to him. He didn't talk too much about the drunkenness and stuff like that, although, you know, we know it's an issue. What he talked about was forgiveness. And how do you love everybody, right? Which and love is a combination of, of two emotions. Love is really um, acceptance or trust, right? Or maybe even um, adoration, which is like super trust. Like, I don't I trust you. I'm, you know, I adore you. When that mixes with peace or joy, when that mixes together, that's the love. That's how we can love our enemies even, right? Like we don't have to adore them, but we can certainly accept the fact that it's tough to be a person right now. And we, we all screw up. When someone screws up, then we don't have to judge or condemn them, right? We can acknowledge that it was a screw up because we've probably done the same thing ourselves or something like it. But Christ taught about forgiving everybody and loving your enemies. It, it's really simple to understand. He got this thing drilled right down to the essence of things. Really, really hard to do without practice, right? It was hard for me to forgive. Some people took years and I had to pray. I said, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to stop hating this person who hurt me there's some ways you can do that. I mean, first of all, um, be forgiven yourself, which means you better acknowledge that you've probably done that thing that you're decrying, right? That thing that you're judging someone else for and hating them for you've probably done it to somebody. So a lot of this is that inside job when you're transformed, these things get easier to do. And eventually I've, I was able to to forgive everyone. This brings me to my last point. So that was really nice. had a, a spiritual experience and all that kind of stuff. That was really good. However, it will go away. If you don't practice it, like anything else, we get good at what we practice. One of the things I want to do with this podcast is help people become disciples. And what discipleship is, is this, you must be disciplined, which means you must practice, right? You will screw it up. Trust me, I screw up all the time, but you have to have actual practices. As we lose our discipline, I think that we lose those reps that make things automatic. And so that's the other point of this. So let's learn the meaning of following Christ and living in the kingdom. Well, that's about all I want to tell you today. I do want to thank you, though, for giving me your time and for joining me. And also invite you to visit the website, which is drmartinfletcher.com. That's drmartinfletcher.com. You can find my email there. I really want to talk with you. I want to find out what your experience was like. I think God reaches us in different ways. And you'll certainly have some things to teach me, I know. Look for us every Wednesday and um, be joined by Dr. Matt Hook, the Shepherd. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Shepherd and the Shrink podcast. You can check out the show notes from this episode, get free resources, discover more about our work, and all the ways to subscribe so you never miss an episode of the show. Head over to drmartinfletcher.com.